What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly interview podcast where I chat with creators, creatives in the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop gaming space. So much fun getting to bring these interviews to you guys each and every week and share my awesome guest. We'll get to this week's awesome guest, who is a very special guest, in just a minute. Shout out right off the top, though, for my awesome sponsor, Awesome Dice. I actually just bought some dice from them today for one of my Patreon backers, AwesomeDice.com. They source some of the coolest dice in the universe. If you are a D&D player like me or you just like rolling shiny math rocks, go to AwesomeDice.com because they've always got cool new shiny things coming on their site. And if you use the show code Roll Persuasion, you save 10%. The show gets a little support and you get dice. And we all know how much we love dice. So AwesomeDice.com, we appreciate them for supporting the show and for supporting your dice habits. As always, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, whatever it is that you listen to podcasts on, make sure you subscribe to the show there. If you have a place to leave reviews, we appreciate the reviews, Apple Podcast reviews especially, and also podchaser.com, so check out the show there. And please, please, please let us know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. would love to hear from you. So... Today's episode is pretty cool. It's pretty special. Uh, for one thing, my birthday was yesterday. When you're hearing this, my birthday will have been like three weeks ago. So it'll be it'll be old news at that point. But uh, at the time of recording, this is a day after my 32nd birthday, 31st birthday. I don't even know what year it is. So happy birthday to me. But uh, I'm also pretty excited because as I record this, this is essentially the six-month anniversary of the show, Roll for Persuasion, that you are listening to right now. And in honor of that, I'm having one of my very first, actually literally the very first guest I ever interviewed, John Boltino. What's going on, man? Hey, how you been, man? Happy birthday. Dude, I've been good. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's pretty cool. So so I hit you up. Well, well, let's back up for people who maybe didn't listen to the very first ever episode. So if you haven't listened to John's original episode, go listen to it. But uh, let people know who you are, all the things you have going on, so they they know who we're talking to today. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I'm John Matina. Uh, I am a professor at the University of California, Merced, where I work in the merit writing program and teach writing. Um, I also own Calderon Tower, which is a clothing slash uh, publication thing. I, I don't even know what to call it. Um, and you can find me anywhere online at, at only play wizards. That's all one word. And then also cauldron in tower, like cauldron, the, the in the tower. So, but, um, right now, uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. A lot's changed in six months to say the least. Uh, <laughs> right. um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all getting older. Uh, <laughs> for sure, man. Jeez. But I, I've had, there was some stuff, uh, I think when we talked, uh, six months back that I was having brewing. And right, yeah. now it has come to fruition. And I, I think that's that's kind of going to be the, the major topic of conversation. Yeah, man, for sure. It's it's exciting because um, for me, recording my my first episode, I, I'd been thinking about doing this show for a while. I'd, I'd even bought equipment probably like eight months before you and I ever talked. And then I just let it sit in my closet because I was like, oh, I'm never going to do this. And then um, I think I, I finally got on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to I'm going to see what the D&D community is up to. And uh, Cauldron and Tower was doing a giveaway and, and I was one of your winners. And I got this sweet Cauldron and Tower shirt that I wear all the time. And uh, I was like, well, maybe I'll ask this guy. Maybe he'll say yes. Because at that time, I was like, surely no one wants to be on a podcast with some random dude they've never heard of. 
Um, but you said yes. And then after you, a whole bunch of really cool people have said yes. And so I essentially owe any quote unquote success the show has had to you. So, so thank you for oh, not dude, just coming no, on six months ago, no, but coming man. on again. No, man, you're, you're a good interviewer. I, I always respect a good interviewer. Um, I've, I've done some, I, I've done some, run some panels at some conventions uh, and it's to interview people basically. And it, it's, it's some pressure, man. It, it's, you're, you're trying to make them sound interesting look good. And uh, you certainly do that to a lot of folks. Uh, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate, I, I, but yeah, I can't, I, I will, I will not take the blame, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll mentally share it equally then. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, so it's been pretty cool. So, so for me, in the six months, so the first episode of the show came out on, I think it was October 17th. We probably talked early October, late September, something like that yeah. when we first recorded the episode. So since then, um, I like to think that my audio quality has improved. I feel like that's a good thing for a podcast. Yeah. So I've, I've upped the audio game. Um, we've had some pretty cool guests on, some of which really I, I don't remember specifically who, but I remember you gave me some names the first time we talked that I actually went and got on the show. And I don't remember I who think, they were. I think Ivan Van Norman was yes, one of them. I, yeah, you mentioned Ivan. Yeah, uh, it might have been Jason Charles Miller. You definitely um, said I should talk to him. Yeah, we we got Jason on. He was yeah, a great, great I episode. Think, yeah, and I I can't remember who else. It's it's been a while. Um, you 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 told me I think it was off the air, but you told me I should try and get Satine, and then if after oh, a yeah, few Satine, months, uh, yeah, Satine was on the show. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got I got stuff to say about that too about bringing Satine in. That was actually uh, on the very much on the horizon back in October. And, um, but I guess, I guess I should say something about like what, what I'm talking about. So back then, yeah, yeah, go um, for it. so right now my major thing is, uh, at the UC, at the university of California, uh, California, uh, Merced, I think, I don't know if the other schools are doing it or not, but, um, we pivoted last year, our general education program. And previously we had done a class called core, which was, the best way to describe it is a shotgun approach to education. That is like, you're just throwing a lot of little bits of different things at, at the students. So we were dealing with like quantitative elements. We were dealing with, um, ecology, history, environment, uh, astrophysics. I mean, it was like, we kind of threw everything at them in one semester with this one class and very little where we decided to go over to this class called spark, which is more about trying to get students to generate a research question in a specific field or a specific topic. And so for this, we could pitch um, topics that, that we were, anyone at the schools are like, I don't say an expert on, but at least has a distinct amount of experience with and can, can help guide students towards research elements. And my, my blue sky for that was to do a class about Dungeons and Dragons. And that's what I'm currently doing. And so I actually have a class right now there titled, and this is like literally on the transcript. You can go look it up in our, in our catalog called uh dozen dragons skills irl like in real life yeah i right, can only, you yeah, only get so many yeah. characters put into the catalog so i had to go with irl i i managed to fit, fit a question mark in there too but uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so there's actually a class there that students will have on their transcript that says dungeon and dragons and it's a freshman course it's um and i've been running that since the beginning of the semester and it has been fantastic um, That's awesome. And I, I think I'm hoping, I'm hoping to talk a little bit about what we're doing, what our approaches are, um, and kind of the opportunities I provide for students and what they're up to. Yeah, because when we when we first talked, you 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 talked about it a little bit because it was at that point on the horizon, like you said, it was something coming up 
um, in, in the coming semester, but it was still kind of in your head. You just gotten it approved, I think, and that was about it. Yes, yeah. I, I had just gotten it approved by general education, and so that meant that like they could fire it off if they if they chose to. And I'm a big I'm I'm a big proponent of not uh, counting my chicks before they hatch, sure. you know, type situation. So. Um, but we got it. We got it running, and um, I was one of the of the sections of of Spark, which I think there was like there was like fifty or sixty of them. I think mine filled up the second fastest. Wow. The the one that filled the fastest I couldn't beat was um, it was like uh like sports physics or something like that, like something you know probably much more interesting, but <laughs> a little wider net appeal. So, but my, my buddy's doing one on like skateboard culture. Oh, very um, cool. Uh, my one of my friends does one called Game Gaming the System, which is kind of about this like games in general, just just yeah. a very broad spectrum yeah. of game. But mine's on role playing games specifically, and and that's what was cool because like like back then when we first talked, I was like, hey, we'll have to uh, we'll have to catch up after your spring semester and like talk about how the uh, you know how how the semester went, how the class went. And uh, I don't think at that time either of us were expecting to to be quarantined when we no. when we had that discussion. But here we are. So you're right. A lot a lot has changed in six months. And that, that actually really interesting too because we we had to go completely online at the UC. Um, right. Yeah. And so that presented a whole new challenge. Um, but I, I I've, I've met it. My students have met it, and I like I'll talk a little bit about how we adapted to that too because that was kind of a sudden shock. Um, we, we knew it was on the horizon. We, we kind of, the school had let us know increasingly they were suggesting, but, um, they, uh, once, once they mandated it, it was, I was, we got ready. So, but, um, yeah, I'll talk about the class real quick. So the, the class really, um, the, the goal of the spark class is for the students to generate a research question and then articulate that in a paper. What's called, um, they call it a line of inquiry. So they're supposed to kind of like think like what kind of stuff can I do with this topic, namely in this case role playing game. My my one I did last year was on social media and society, um, and take that that topic and then pursue it in their in their own studies or look at how they could look at it from a different field of study. So in my class specifically, um, I'm hearing a lot of students talk about, um, especially contemporaneously, um, psychology. Um, elements of how to use role-playing games to handle depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, stuff like that's a really big topic. Um, and I have a few looking at it from kind of, uh, I have one student who's really interested in intellectual property in role-playing games, which is a really interesting, fascinating topic because there's a big history of that, especially with Dungeons & Dragons because they basically, their early D&D stuff stole, like they just stole. <laughs> and, uh, right, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so it was, it's, it, who else is doing there's one doing it on like uh ai theory with role-playing games is really fascinating okay or kind of stuff with ai so there's a lot going on with it right now um but as far as the class goes we we picked up two textbooks or two books for our text um one was the fifth edition player's handbook so all the students bought a player's handbook or they they got it online and heard dnd beyond or whatever and then the other one we picked up was is um and we read about half of it is uh, this book by this guy named Joseph Laycock, who is a professor of religious studies in uh, Texas State University, I believe. And he has yeah, this book called yeah. Dangerous Games. Oh, okay, this is not too far. Okay. And it's called Dangerous Games. Um, and it's about uh, the moral panic of a role playing games uh, in the United States, primarily. And it's really interesting. It's a really good book, really well researched. It's actually published by the University of California Press. So it's, okay. and it's 
<laughs> very good citations, like mm, just delightful citations to look at. Um, but um, we we read that and uh, asked a lot, and it, it helped us kind of understand how someone can build a research question and then yeah pursue it. So um, yeah, I'm googling but, um, the book right now. It looks I, I I'm someone who is fascinated by the idea of the satanic panic um, because. I grew up in, in a very conservative kind of homeschooled, not kind of homeschooled, was homeschooled uh, community in the deep South. And so I, I didn't even get a chance to get chastised over Dungeons and Dragons because I didn't even know it existed really until later in my life. And so it's very interesting to me kind of seeing the, the, the history and arc of um, how people responded to the game kind of in that time period. So this, this book looks, uh, looks super interesting. So yeah, the, the book's really interesting because it, it isn't just, it's kind of an anatomy of the panic. Um, and it doesn't just deal with Dungeons and Dragons. It deals with um, the panic over vampire later on. Um, vampire didn't exactly like hold back on a lot of things. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book of Nod in vampire. I've heard of it. So the book of Nod was there is this the vampire Bible, yeah. but when they, they actually published it as like a prop and it, it has chapters and it has verses and it is not sympathetic to god um you know the whole premise of it is like cain's the first vampire and the whole premise of it is like you know so god says tells you know cain and abel like hey can you you know you sacrifice something to me so abel sacrifices his best livestock because that's what he loves and cain's like well i love my brother so i'll sacrifice my brother and then god's like dude what are you doing man that's not what i meant and so <laughs> and then you know it, it goes in this whole thing with Lilith and how she yeah. treats him and oh, so it's really it's a really good book but but it, but it was so it was written in such a way as a mockery um and that's kind of the thread of vampire was it's this parallel to our world it's not fantasy in a lot of regards it, okay. it's, it's this it's it's an overlay of our world this is darker and kind of shows the the issues of our world in a much broader sense sure yeah. so and but it's, it's a it's a it's a really good book um and it, it deals a lot with kind of um, the the systemic elements that went on with um, the Satanic Panic. So how these groups like um, Bad, the Brotherhood Against Dungeons and Dragons, like infiltrated right, law yeah. enforcement. Like they had they had law enforcement paying them to do classes, um, and we're not talking like like little like sheriffs. We're talking like FBI and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was it was pretty it was pretty egregious on how far and how far reaching it got. And the students read that and were. It gave them a really good perspective in history, um, and it showed them. I like it because Laycock does not write with a. Um, he's he's neutral. Like he's just reporting the facts. He's just he's he's not he's not like picking on. a side or anything. No, his his he doesn't. The first half of the book is all history, and the second half of the book is this like a uh, theological argument, which is largely revolves around how. Um fundamentally like religion is reliant on imagination and how imagination is mm -hmm. also like they have to kind of have it and not have it right and how the the squashing of religion or squashing of role-playing games was like really th honestly th more threatening to religion than anything else right kind of antithetical to uh, it, yeah. a lot of it yeah yeah so but the students read that and they really, really enjoyed it um a lot of my students uh it, it was it was interesting too because like you know gary gygax was this like i mean he was uh, Jehovah Witness, and he uh, was a missionary, and he did a lot of work. He a lot of his first publications were in um, journals, religious journals, and stuff like that. Sure, so he, yeah. you know, he had a big history of all that kind of stuff. You know, for he's the one that gave us the cleric. He made the cleric the hero, and 
and the paladin and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's kind of it was kind of interesting looking at how his like faith was challenged. And and that's a really interesting element to look at. Um, sure. Yeah. But anyways, I, I highly recommend the book. But we read that, and uh, the students really enjoyed that. And um, there was some sh- kind of shocking stuff. And a lot of it was really interesting looking at back on it was that these kids that were um, getting in trouble or something like that, they had so many other issues. Like it was like they were abused, depressed, drug addicts, undiagnosed uh, issues. I mean, just right. tons and tons of stuff like that. But they go in their kid's room, and they're like, oh, there's a D&D book. Well, it had to be that. And so that rang true for me because uh, there was at least two incidences I can remember in my childhood where my, my dad threatened to burn my books. Oh, um, wow. And my, yeah, yeah, he was like, you know, this is bad. And you're, you're obviously acting bad, you know, because of these. And it it's got to be you know, this book, right? It's got to be those books. It couldn't be because I'm depressed. It couldn't be because I'm lonely, because right. I'm being bullied. It couldn't be, any, it couldn't be any of that. Um, so, but it had to be that. So it was, it was always kind of awkward. Um, and what was weird about that was that looking back on that, what's really weird about that was that my, so my mom's brother, who's like teaches at a Christian school all his life and devout guy, you know, uh, I would never question his faith is he played Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. My, my mom's, I got into, I got into role playing games for my mom's best friend's husband, who was like this most straight laced dude, Air Force guy, programmer. My dad loves hanging out with art. He's great at play D and D, you know? So it's kind of like, it was always like, there was these really respectable people around me that played, but like, it was such, I don't know. It was, it was, it was weird. And that's one thing Laycock talks about is like, you have the perfect population to victimize is their children. Right. They don't have yeah. any money. They don't have any voting power, you know? So you're sitting there just trashing on them. And I, and I look at, I look back at it like that. I don't, you know, I'm not mad about it, but I'm kind of like disappointed Sure. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because, um, like you said earlier, like imagination in many ways is, is core to, um, and storytelling is, is mm-hmm. core to a lot of religion. And, and I would say mm-hmm. as, as a person of faith specifically to Christianity and so growing up, and I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but, um, growing up things like Tolkien and, you know, CS Lewis, Narnia, um, stuff like that highly encouraged Mm -hmm. you know oh use use these stories as a way to understand your faith Mm -hmm. but but then in in that kind of subculture of you know conservative christianity um at least in my circles growing up that's where it stopped it was only like direct allegories could work but but somehow the realization that no no it's storytelling that can help you understand things you believe in the world around you um it got cut off after there you know was no longer a direct metaphor for God specifically, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating, especially if you grew up in it some way. My, my, my big, uh, my first role playing group that was like really consistent in high school was from the church youth group I was hanging out with. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, it, it, it was always there and it was the pastor's kid that ran it and he was cool as hell, you know, we, we yeah. had a great time, but I don't, yeah, looking back on it, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. So I had a lot of students who, who grew up in religious households. Um, talking, you know, and they took the classes because they could take the class, whatever it is, and were curious. And they uh, they read the book and they're holy crap, like this is wild. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, and what a lot of it was was just people were profiting off of it. Like they were they, sure, they saw the yeah. panic and they, they profit off moral panic, and we do that now. And I I had some theories on like why the panic kind of died out. One was I think that the the moral panic narrative changed in the 90s. Um, I think that you had the moral, the moral panic over the quote unquote like super predator, the gangster rap. 
was a new moral panic in the 90s. Yeah, and sure. Then, and then you have, because um, that's all of it is. If you if you read the the, the big thing with like the D and D satanic panic stuff is that it's these it's happening inside us. It's happening inside our country, inside our homes, to our and our children are being victimized. And the same thing goes for like the gangster rap. It's like victimizing our children, targeting right, our children. Yeah. And then I think all that skews over when you have post 9-11, the game changes radically in terms of moral panic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, good, it's a good anatomy. I highly recommend the book. I actually have his uh, new book that just came out like a month ago called Speak of the Devil, which is um, about the Satanic Temple um, and kind of how it's changing the way we discuss religion. Um, not so much it as a religion, which it's, it's not really, but right, more yeah. about how has it changed the way we think about what religion is and and it's it's good so far and it's really once again it's really well researched um, it's really interesting too because the 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 church of satan or whatever it is that's kind of a a thing at least from my reading that they're they're kind of big about they're less about like oh no let's all worship the devil more about like let's think about how like we as a country treat like churches as like entities like do you realize the hypocrisy there so i'll check that one out too yeah, I got I got to stop you there because you said the Church of Satan. Church of Satan is Anton Levey, which is a very different, very different thing. Very well, different rewind. Thing. I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. They get pissed with because the Church of Satan would have nothing to do with the Satanic Temple. They were kind of pissed about it. Okay. Um, and it, it's yeah, they they don't like that shit. So it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's atheistic Satanism versus uh, uh and even Anton Levey wasn't theistic. He's more like um, it's more about empowerment, like okay. human power. But but yeah, it's, it's yeah, they they get. They get fickle. Um, that's pretty funny. There's been lawsuits and shit to you. Well, they, they, they need, they need more distinctive branding then. <sighs> but I mean, look at all the denominations of Christianity. I mean, you know, what, what's, I, I liked, uh, it was on King of the Hill. Like, uh, you know, uh, Bobby's looking at Buddhism and, and Hank's like, well, we're Methodists. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, it goes talk to the minister. And he's like, well, we're, it's a rejection of Calvinism. And he's like, that's it. <laughs> or rejection of Calvinism, and it's kind of like, well, what's that mean? Like, you know. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, but yeah, we we've had this whole discussion about about religion and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's been really fun, and um, the um, uh, but the other half of the class too, we talked about this kind of theory and and it hashing out our time was plain, and I was like, and and that's one thing Laycock says in the book. He's like, there is no real like pure anthropology of role playing games because everybody that studies it has played. They've participated. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not going out into like, you know, and watching some indigenous tribes from afar. You're sitting down and you've played. You've had a you had a part in this. Yeah. And so I think that's a really interesting element too. And so I said, you know, a lot of the students were like weren't really sure. And they they want maybe watch some critical role or something like that. But like I mean, watching is one thing, but actually playing is a different thing. And so we 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 actually play on Wednesdays on our Wednesday classes. That's really cool. So so how have you said some of them were maybe a little hesitant or unsure when you started now that you've, um, and obviously you're on digital hiatus now, but you're doing it online. So how, how have they kind of responded now that they've gotten a chance to play some? They all love it. Um, and with the quarantine, they love it even more. I found sure. Yeah. Um, so the, we would come in on Wednesdays and I kind of had other people pick, I let, we have 24 students in class. And so I broke them into four groups. So there's one DM and five people per, per group. Um, and then I joined a group. Um, actually, I didn't join a group initially. I joined the second round of groups. And they just played some one shots, some quick stuff. Um, I ran a game in front of, initially I ran a game in front of the class with them and they were, you know, hanging out and having a good time and they enjoyed it and saw what it was about. And then um, 
but I gave them a, a bunch of adventures from that were free from the Adventures League, some starter stuff that we had that was all free. And um, they went to town and had a blast with it. And then now we're doing our second round of of it. And the character they're starting to be more developed. They're not just playing for a second level. Actually, the game I'm playing in, we're now fourth level, I think. And okay. we're actually doing um, Storm King's Thunder, I believe. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. I, I handed my, my player, or one of my students, one of the adventures I had was the the precursor free adventure of Storm King's Thunder. Yeah, and he ran that and he liked it a lot. So we actually went and picked up the book and now we're now we're playing it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll play that. You know, it'll be fun. So, but um, it gave him. It was kind of a nice place for him to relax and to try stuff out. And sure. um, it's uh, and now that we're playing online because we're so isolated, it's kind of a way to come between, come together. And so we're we have the Zoom. We're we're um the school sprung and gave us all zoom pro accounts which we really appreciate and i the way i do it is i have them all meet up and i put them in their groups uh for our class and then they just kind of play and i can go between the breakout rooms and watch them play or see what oh, they're doing cool. yeah. and take questions and everything and then i just let the meeting after after the class is over and i leave i have to go do my other my other class but i let the, the meeting run and the students can play as long as they want oh very cool which you can't necessarily always do in a in an actual physical classroom setting yeah and but they're also isolated i know a lot of teachers I've, I've heard some stories about some of the instructors are like only lecturing once a week instead of twice a week or um there's a few students still on campus they still live in the dorms yeah and so they're they're pretty isolated out there um because right now like they we have like we have like a dozen dorm buildings and they've they've narrowed it down to three buildings and they only have students on the first and third floors and everybody has their own room yeah because they could space it out so much right now so it's they're they're pretty isolated pretty lonely and this is a good way to help them out and a lot of the students are now kind of uh um seeing the seeing the psychological benefits it's kind of weird because they were like well we're gonna study the psychological benefits and now they're seeing the psychological benefits right. and it's kind of like well now you're you have a, you have a dog in the fight um but yeah the, the class what I, I i went into it and um i actually managed to get a lot of support from the school um, the big thing we did this semester was we brought Satine Phoenix to campus. Um, I yeah, talked yeah, to her. I saw you post about that, uh, what, like maybe a month ago? It was February. February? It was yeah, February. February, yeah. We, um, what happened with that was, um, I've been friends with her for a long time, almost about 10 years now. And we, um, I asked her about doing it and she, she was all for it. She actually um, wanted to, wants to break more into speaking to students and, 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 she never worked for like a like a like a school basically for like a like a university or something like that. Yeah. Done, done any kind of work with them like that and so she wanted to see what it was like and i was like cool no problem what the students are like and she actually uh offered to do it for free and i told her oh, wow. i ref i refuse to do that um i i actually refuse to uh basically steal someone's work is what i feel like i feel like that would be devaluing yeah. her Right. And so I asked her for a quote. She gave me a quote and I said, okay, or she gave me her normal quote. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get my goal is to get that much money. But if I get half of that, would you do it? Still six and no problem. And so we actually got more than she asked for. Oh, wow. And that's the school awesome. came this, what it was, what was really funny about it was, um, I moved it around to our, we have a class that's called intersections of creative and professional writing. Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of what she does and so that that class jumped on it and as soon as i got um a guaranteed attendance for the for her session of uh, um above 60 the school was like yeah we'll pay for it they'll they'll pay 
That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well so, done. Yeah. So, so they dropped some. They, they did some pretty good stuff. And uh, but I, you know, I, I we we you know the schools brought in some pretty big names in terms of of who they who they've uh, they brought in. I remember. I think one of our earliest paid people we brought in. Actually, I kid you not, was Carl Rove. Oh really? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was funny because when we had Michelle Obama come to campus for the for the speech years years back, people were complaining about us being biased, and I was like, we had Carl Rove here two months ago. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't I don't think, and his books for sale in the bookstore now. Like, I don't think we're being biased, man. Like, I think that's a pretty good spread. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're covering both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, yeah. We had a yeah we have a few other, we had a few other controversial figures that that the <clears throat> our college Republicans are are. Uh, are an interesting lot, I'll say. And they they were trying to bring some people in, and they made a huge hubbub. And long story short, the security bill they would have to pay went way up, and they weren't willing to pay it. Oh my gosh! It, it's like it's like the well, here's the security you'd have to pay for, and they're like, okay, well, we we should have to pay for security, and they're like, okay, well, so they went online and made a huge hubbub about it. Yeah. And then the school's like, yeah, okay, the security bill went up because you made a hubbub because <laughs> you made <laughs> like, a big deal out of it. It went up, yeah, it went up to $7,000 for security oh day, So you need to like pony up because you're making a problem. So it's it just be low key and uh yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so it's 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 cool. They're they're really the school's really open, but they we brought her in, we did a big speech. Um we were there for about 2 hours as students hung out, uh, they signed stuff. There was like it was crazy though cuz like um uh you know, Satine being a woman, being a person of color, um went over huge with my school one of my one of the people that was there she's not one of my students but she's in um there's a gamer there's a gaming development club on campus and she's part okay. of that and the girl it was her birthday and she's filipino too and she saw satine and she was crying with satine and oh man uh, satine awesome. sung her happy birthday and like it was it was wild it was such it was so cool to see students really like light up and yeah um you know we're reading we're you know if you're reading uh you know reading about the story of Dungeons and Dragons, the early story. I mean, it's all Wisconsin. It's all middle of nowhere. Right. And it's, you know, it's all a bunch of white folk. I mean, and, but yeah, I hate to break you in the seventies. That's what's in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, um, in, in, in the two thousands, I mean, it's still a little better. Yeah. So it's still some work to do, but yeah. So, um, but to see this and, and her talk about her journey. Yeah. Um, and, she's writing a book now about dealing with trauma and such and role-playing games. And so that was a big thing the students were really interested in, but they had a blast, man. We, you know, we had a, she was fantastic and, um, she, yeah, we had a, we had a good time. It was a really good time. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it went off better than I thought it would. I was actually really nervous. Um, it was a long day, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, but, but that was a big event for us. I'm actually, we're hoping that we we're having a guest speaker on Monday now too. Um, uh, actually, so I'll talk about that real quick. Should I talk about like the online, how we've gone over to online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. This is, so I have, so with, with the virus and such, we had a, the, the campus, it's not closed, but like the, there's no, there's no classes in physical space anymore. Right. Yeah. It's all online. And so that's what I spent my spring break doing was <clears throat> movement classes over online. The school was kind enough to um, spurge and get us gear. Um, ergo, why you can probably hear me better because I have a decent microphone now. <laughs> and, uh, um, thank and you, so, UC Merced. Thank you, UC Merced. Yeah, you gotta give them a quick, quick shout out sponsorship. Um, but uh, they, um, uh, so I had to figure out how to do the class online. And what we were right. doing with Mondays were basically this talk about our readings, what kind of stuff we're working on, our theories and stuff like that. Um, I'm big on doing in-person presentations, so that wasn't going to happen now. Um, and the online play was kind of a problem. So 
here's how I fixed it. One was they gave us Zoom Pro accounts. Zoom Pro accounts are amazing because you can have like 300 people on a single call. Right, yeah. And you can do breakout rooms, so it's, it's, it's super scalable. Um, I know there was all the problems people have with Zoom and security. It's like, I hate to break you, it's scalable. <laughs> like that's why we have it and we have right. classes on campus with 200 students in it so we have yeah. to have that stuff we can't yeah, we cannot not do that for sure and so um so we had so i had that as a tool um i had better better audio video gear but then the next thing i need is well how am i gonna have my students play online well zoom does a breakout room so they can do that but then what i picked up was i picked up uh the master tier dnd beyond subscription Oh, very um, nice. Yeah. And that lets you do the campaigns where you can have 12 people per campaign. Right. Well, and 24 students. It's your content, right? Exactly. And I have 24 yeah. students. So I have my own campaign. And then I have each of my, each of my two for my, my class and it's divided up by name or whatever it is. And they're using that. And it's kind of cool because now they're getting to see a different angle of how to play. Sure. Um, and they're seeing how to have to like kind of do on the fly. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been pretty successful. Um, and stuff like that. So the yeah, the, the D&D Beyond thing has been really big. And then what was really nice, too, is that over the uh, quarantine, uh, D&D Beyond has, uh, they, we were, you were also only have three campaigns. Now you can have like five. Yeah, yeah. They so they gave us five. more more capabilities, which is really cool. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of the virtual tabletop things are kind of opening up. So I'm letting my students kind of play with those a little bit. Um, but then um, the, big, the big difference was our Monday classes we do on Twitch. And I'm actually broadcasting my talking to them. Um, so yeah. what I'm doing is they over the weekend they post journal entries where they talk about basically what, they, what you know they're playing issue if they're having issues playing or what's going well, and then they're also posting their um, questions they're doing on their research on. And so I go through that discussion forum on our on our uh, Canvas site or our internal site, and I kind of talk about those issues, and I post links in the chat and talk about okay, well we're looking at this article now. Let's see what this article has to say. Why should we trust this article? What's good about it? Um, what does that have to say about this topic? And it's we've actually it was pretty funny because um, I got twenty four students in the class, and day one on the Twitch stream, which I barely promoted, I had like thirty six viewers. Yeah, it was kind of funneling in, and so I might I might get affiliate status. You know, I might get affiliate hey, status. Yeah, uh, I watched a bit of it myself. It was pretty cool. It was fun, and yeah, the students seemed to like it. They they kind of like coming together and the different format, and then um, there's been a lot of good support from the community too in regards to that, and it's it's been solid. So I'm really appreciating that. But on Monday, um, uh, one of the things is I I'd scheduled some guest speakers via via video chat earlier in the semester, and I you know after we that became a I don't wanna, I'm not trying to disregard them, but that became a low priority after having to skew online. You know I have, right. to, I have to be there for my students. That was my first priority. So once we got kind of stabilized I mean, and I realized our online classes would work, I contacted those people and said, hey, are you still game? And some are like, can't do it because their work's all screwy, sure, stuff's just yeah. different. Um, and some are like, I give you limited time. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, I'll take what I can get. I appreciate it. And so actually on Monday, this, uh, which this will be long aired, um, I'm having Ashley, Ashley Warren uh, from Uncaged. Oh, uh, very cool. And... Uh, Tales of the Mist will be off. We'll talk to my students about stuff like that because that was one of the biggest assignments I had to skewer over was their research uh, presentation is now going to be them writing adventures together. And so they have that ready to go and that should be pretty good. I'm really looking forward to what they're writing. And a lot of them were kind of like, you know, you know, it would be a really cool adventure if I wrote a story about a plague and I'm like, 
Yeah, use what you know, man. Like you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, if you're living it, man, take, do it. Like take take inspiration from your yeah, uh, from um, your life and your surroundings. Sure. But they 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 asked me, can I do that? And I'm like, why wouldn't you? Right. You know. Yeah. I, they asked some funny questions. The, the best question I, I I told this one to the team. It's the team was like, what the hell, what? Like, and it's a great question. It actually comes from one of the one of the girls in my class that actually has is actually turning out to be one of the best DMs. Um, she asked. Are there frogs in Dungeons and Dragons? Are there frogs in Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, this is a good question. Yeah. And I I said, okay, there can be. You know, you can have a world where there are no frogs. Uh, I'd imagine Dark Sun has no frogs. Uh, (laughs) Spelljammer have frogs in space. But then they have frog people. So I was like, there's like derivatives of frogs and bullywugs. Right. And like, you know, the frog hemoth and all these kind of other things. But like, what does that really mean to have frogs? And so it was kind of a fun kind of experiment to think about. And that's been one of the better parts of the class is like get these outsiders that coming in and it keeps it fresh. It keeps me thinking. Um, and this helps me both, you know, in my own personal games and, and writing and whatnot. So it's, it, it helps, it helps. Yeah. Well, and I, and I like stuff like that. Cause you know, it, yeah, it's kind of silly. I mean, I mean, I think there's even a frog in the DM's guide or the basic rules or something, but questions like that, like what's fun about questions like that is they make you, they make you think, right? You're like, okay, what would the existence of a frog in the forgotten realms or D and D or whatever what would that imply about the world? Well, it implies that there's an ecosystem that supports them. It, you know, okay, well, what, what else, you know, expand it. They're a monster they can fight. Okay. So what is their, what is their life like? Like, what are they trying to survive? What challenges them? And, and you're right. It goes from being a, Oh, are there frogs? to actually being a really kind of fun, like thought provoking question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Like, and it's, it, it kind of goes back to like the, like dinosaurs and Eberron. And, you know, so like they're de-evolved dragons, you know, Mm -hmm. and instead of being like dragons evolved from these things, these are the de-evolution. So the question of like a frog is like, are they like offspring of like a frog hemoth or the bullywugs or what came first, the bullywug or the frog? Are they frog people or are they like bullywug animals? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think you can can go and play with that kind of stuff, too. Um, It's a lot of fun. So, but... Yeah, it wasn't that. It's 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 just been a challenge, and, and the students are they're they're being great, man. Like, I, sure, I was worried. I was really worried about losing a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, retention rates are always an issue, right? And with this, it's it's like every everything with a student. Uh, I used to teach at the junior college a lot, and the junior college, I mean, I have a student just stop coming and I ask them why, and they be like, I can't find parking. That's it. They that's why they were they stopped yeah. coming. Yeah, and so. This has been, I, I, I feel like this class has given them something to look forward to, not just in terms of education, but also uh, reaching out yeah. and, and having, having a community. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, let's, t- let's take a real quick second here uh, and give a shout out to one of my other very early guests. I think it was episode three or four, but I want to give a shout out to Anthony at Talon and Claw. You guys know them because I like to talk about them. Talon and Claw makes just beautiful, wonderful handmade wooden dice uh, accessories for your D&D games. If you like dice faults, you got places to store your dice, your hero miniatures, and your DM screens. If, you are a, if you're still using um, binders clipped together with binder clips, more power to you. Do what you got to do. No shame in it. You know, whatever you have to do to make your screen. But if you want to splurge, if you want to kind of 
pimp your game up a little bit, definitely go check out Talon and Claw's DM screens because they are these beautiful hardwood masterpieces um, that will, I mean, you will feel like the, the, the God of the land sitting behind these things. They are fantastic. So you can check them out, check them out. Talonandclaw.etsy.com. As with awesomedice.com, you can use the code roll persuasion to save 10% on your order. And they just, by the time this airs, they will have literally just wrapped up their pre-sale on their solid wood dice and D twenties and dice sets, uh, which are pretty fantastic. So I'm sure those will be going out kind of in general availability at some point. So keep an eye out for that as well. Talent and claw town and Follow them on Twitter too. They're, they're great. There's a great group of people and we're glad to have them supporting the show. So definitely check them out. We appreciate them here. You'll appreciate them in your game. They make a strong, they make a strong screen. I won't kid you. They do. They, they're, I don't have one of theirs. Um, I actually got my custom screen right before they came to market. Okay. And, but I will say it's that never I, too late to change. I, I've, I already, I already glued antlers to mine, man. So, uh, Oh yeah. So, so that ship has sailed. Yeah. I, I got, I, I don't, I don't need another animal to die for my DM screen, you know? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, actually I, I, they're actually, um, when people ask me, they're, they're one of the companies I point, I point people to for sure. They, yeah, they do some strong work. I'm, I've actually been more and more impressed by the the stuff coming out of Etsy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really kind of grown. I, I think it, it Etsy was weird, right? It started off very like, oh, indie, you can find kind of cool stuff you can't find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of hit, went the way of Amazon a little bit as far as like it was just flooded with like Chinese knockoffs yeah. and like, you know, rip off jerseys and like stuff. And now it's actually really kind of, I, I feel like you said, seeing a bit of a resurgence as a real marketplace for small time creatives. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, there's about there's about five creators on there. Like I buy from like probably about once a month or once every two months. Yeah. Um, can I mention any of them? I don't want to like. They're, they're yeah, not, go, go for um, it. My favorite, Shout them out. My guy right now, I actually, I, I really really like because I do a lot of miniature I'm gonna look stuff. Look him up as I'm going to look him up as you is, talk about. Is uh, McKee Morology. M C K E E M O R O L O G Y. Oh, dude, yeah, I follow this guy on Twitter. Yeah. His stuff is fucking amazing. Yeah, I have a lot of his tables, and I have yeah. some of his flaming skulls. And actually, that was when Satine came to play with us because I so I, I part of this part of bringing Satine into was for my own benefit, and it was my birthday weekend. So she came yeah. to my birthday game, and it was always a big over overproduction. But I had the, I had some of this guy's tight tables out. Uh, flickering and like she had to film it. Like, she, oh my god, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, yeah. so. So for those of you who are listening and not like looking at this on your computer right now, uh, definitely search for it. McKee Morology, M-C-K-E-E-M-O-R-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, he makes like these super detailed like miniatures, like tables, flame effects. Like I, you, you, you can't really appreciate them unless you go look at them. I follow him on social media, so I've seen a lot of his stuff. But yeah, they're, they're awesome. He, yeah, he does like, it's like a little 3D printed uh, rig where he puts a watch battery in it with an LED, and then the LED comes up through a lantern on the table and it flickers. I mean, that's the cool thing. It actually yeah. flickers, it's not just stable. Um, and he does a lot of other cool stuff too. But yeah, we, we, we use his stuff, and it, it's a blast. And it's like module, and, and it, it's, you can get it painted, unpainted. Um, yeah. But his, his new one is the Mimic. The Mimic's out of control. Uh, that's the second, second best mimic miniature I've ever seen. The best was the pizza oven. Oh, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at the mimic right now. It's fantastic. Here's what's crazy. And this is free advertising. I don't care. Cause it's awesome. Um, like these things are cheap. Like, like you're, you're talking like 10 bucks or less for, for like, I think like paint. Yeah. For yeah. painted, you know, 
bass and tabletop, like you said, with like the glowing flickering effects. Um, it's crazy. So definitely y'all go check him out. I, you know what? I, I've been meaning to actually reach out and see if he wants to come on the show. So this is a good, it's a good reminder. Sure, he's, he's a yeah. cool dude. So, so who else, who else he's are you cool enjoying dude. on uh, Etsy these days? Um, let's see here. Uh, oh man, it's been a little while. Uh, I do buy a fair number of 3d printed stuff on there. I, I sold my 3d printer years back. I, I bought one in 2014 and had it for about two years and then I sold it cause I don't really have a place for it. Um, and but I've been, I buy like three printed terrain on there. But there's a uh, who is it? Uh, geez, I can't remember. Oh, Panhandle 3D printing. Okay. They just do kind of they, they do a lot of licensing yeah. 3D print stuff. Um, but D and D oriented. Uh, if you're curious where I got my screen, it was from Nerdwood Designs. Okay. Um, and he does it, it, it. He does some stuff. He does a lot more um, leather stuff. Uh. There's there's some kind of really cool leather. Like leather workers on uh, on Etsy doing like D and D stuff. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm sorry, Foster Leather's guy. I do my leather stuff from uh, this guy. I got my screen from, but he does a lot more stuff with like beer. And he started doing um, what are called storm towers, where so he's doing like the dice towers, but he's doing that electrical thing where he burns the electricity through the wood. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's so it trippy. makes a cool pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he and I, and I think that's what's cool about it is like the, you can have people doing making DM screens, but they're making them and they're both wood, but like they're making them different right, ways. Yeah. And I and I think that's a I think that's the big thing for me is like what I I wanted a screen that like reflects my personality. Yeah. Um, I think you've seen mine. It, it, yeah. it has the yeah. the images on it, and I have the I have the antlers on it with like the like all like the fetishes and stuff like that, which I bought from my my friend who owns a local like um, a cult store. You know, so like I'm I'm really trying to like make that aesthetic happen, right. and um, I. It, it's kind of like your your signature. It's like it's like your costume for a superhero, man. Yeah, like it yeah. Looks like it's, it's, it's gotta fit you know, your uh, your brand, quote unquote, but like your personality for sure. Yeah. So he's he's someone I'm liking. Um, outside of that, there's like I if it's not D and D oriented, a Foster Leathercraft is really cool. He does some really cool dice cups. Um, that's actually where I got my dice cup from, and he, he even does leather maps. Um, if you want to go look at something bonkers on his site, uh, he's on he's on Etsy as well look up his D D bag of holding okay it is amazing like if i had the cash for it i i'd pick it up in a second yeah um but there's a reason why it's expensive um but his, um i think that I, I, everyone has dice towers i feel like dice cups are underrated like the yahtzee cup that's underrated yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of the dice tower but i uh i would roll the hell out of a dice cup for sure yeah another one's pretty nice my, my buddy has some wood ones um it's it's a good way to go. Um, they're a good way to hold, hold the dice. I have a little one with the player's handbook cover on it, um, and then he also does like three pretty coins. And he has a a, a mini DM screen, like it's a leather, uh, tiny little screen that's four inches tall. Okay, uh, <laughs> four inches. So All right, four inches by nineteen inches. Yeah, it looks like a wallet. It looks like yeah. I, it, that's the idea. Is you can fold up like a wallet and have a, have a DM screen in your pocket. <laughs> that's awesome just like whip it out oh here i am on the bus let me just yeah. pull on my screen yeah I, I just i like all the different creativity i i think that's actually been probably one of the best elements of the community is this is this fruition of like the um boutique um kind of mom pa type right, stuff and right. it, it, it's cool to see what people are coming up with yeah and, and that was that was kind of one of the, the impetuses for me like starting the show and obviously like it, it's been cool i've been able to have a lot of like like big names in the community on as well as like smaller creators but i loved that the game is enabling people to like craft and make whether they want to 
ride adventures, stream a game, make, you know, woodwork or dice bags or, or whatever. Everyone can like express themselves in a really cool way. And then for those of us who don't want to create, we just want to buy like there are great products we can buy. Like you said, that match our personality. Um, I'll, I'll do one more shout out here because uh, she just makes really, really cool stuff. Um, it's uh, I'm going to miss butcher her name. So I apologize in advance. Uh, it's Serenian Archer. Um, it's C E R Y N E A N A on Twitter at C E R Y N E I A N A. Um, she does leather work. Her website, much easier, is gildedarchive.com. She was an Etsy and then she just got her own website, but she makes these awesome uh, leather work stuff like bracelets, but she makes leather covers, like these hand etched covers for like your oh, player's wow. handbook, your DM's guide. And they are crazy. I, I love the stuff she's doing. So, so if you want uh, cool stuff, go check her out. Gildedarchive.com. Um, Gilded Archive? Gilded Archive, yeah. But just like, dude, like, like super cool stuff. That, and it's so cool. I feel like every week there's someone coming out with like a cool new D&D product that I had not thought of at all. I'm like, I, I didn't know you oh, could wow, do that. Yeah. I need that for my game. So it, it's, it's a cool time to be a player for sure. I mean, we're not... We're not uh we're not considered devil worshippers and Satanists, and there's really cool shit we can buy. So it's it's a, it's a golden age. So sp- speaking of speaking of creatives making stuff, um, what's going on with Cauldron and Tower right now? We're on hiatus. It's been kind of a, a crap show. I don't say crap show, but it's been rough for the last few months. Um, Amanda left uh left because uh they finished their um uh an esthetician license and got that started up. And I was, you know, I, and I always, I was told him that there was no, you know, whatever you want to do is cool and you're welcome back anytime. And so that, that kind of came out. And then, um, I got really, uh, just been, just been busy. And with the virus coming down, it was too, it was, just, it was too much for me to like sit there and try to like write stuff out. Right, and, yeah. um, the, you know, it, it, it's, I talk about my students' mental health, but that's also an issue with being an instructor is that I'm there a support network for them. And I have to kind of be aware and be more readily available for them. And then um, my wife's working from home now too. So I'm trying to be there for her. And um, so I was just like, you know, I, I called her in tower was kind of a, a challenge for myself. And it's something I want to do still, but I'm, I'm kind of holding back. Um, that said, I'm about halfway, I got about halfway done with, um, a release. Um, and, uh, that I was hoping to have out here by the end of April, but, uh, we'll see. Sure. Um, I was working with, um, the, uh, Malta illustration, Marta that did our, our logo. Um, she did an October challenge and I was doing like a write-up thing for all her, her October, um, stuff and it's 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 you know it's coming along pretty well i got about about halfway done with it it's kind of a combination art book slash uh source book yeah and the premise so it's like you have like a a big full page image and then a one page write-up about that and it could be either like a monster a magic item a spell a site an npc um and uh, it's kind of a fun piece to work on because i get it like i'm not having to like sit there and just focus on something like that um wolf lord yol sold pretty well we were you know i i we, we we definitely made our we made our money back. I'll say that at the least. Awesome. Um, but uh, but uh, I ran it for my stu- for the students of the UC and the uh, and the D and D club, and they loved it. We had a blast playing it, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback. We actually have um, uh, Lily Sparks. Uh, I think that's yeah, Lily Sparks, uh, who does roll for damage. Um, she's running 
uh, Wolf Lord Yule stuff as a, a stream on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool to see that. Like, I was like, whoa, yeah. She's like, can I run it? I was like, hell yeah. And um, it, it's been good. It, it's It's been nice to kind of, uh, the response to that was really good. But the problem with, with Wolf Lord was it, it's such a, um, it was such a production in terms of like the scale of it. Yeah. And uh, that like without, with doing it myself is, is very difficult. Sure. I, yeah. I'm not sure how to put that. Um, and the, the one thing I get com I, I hear a lot of comments about it is how much people love the NPCs in it and how, how well um, uh, fleshed out they are. And that was all Amanda. Um, uh, you know, I, yeah. I would tell gotcha. Amanda, I'd be like, Hey, here's this town. It has a mayor, it has an herbalist, it has an innkeeper with a family. What do they like? And then they would go in and just flush them out. And uh, we'd have this great, all these cool NPCs that were kind of running around different types. And, and um, Amanda you know, wanted to have representations, a lot of fluidity in terms of gender identities and relationships. And yeah. um, that was all, all Amanda. And so uh, that, that's kind of a loss. And I, and I, and I with the sequel that I, I have proposed, the problem is I have these NPCs that I didn't create that I have to write for. And I, there's this um, hesitation, you know, like this, sure, like, yeah. I, I, I don't, like, I'm going to fuck them up. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to like mess up or mess with like somebody else's work. Sure. Yeah. So, but, but um, that said, we, you know, we had, like I said, everything was amicably split once, um, once all the, all the Wolf Lord sales paid for all the art and paid for the, the cost we had to do to produce it. It's all been going between the two of us and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of cash uh, trickle in once in a while. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, good deal. That's cool, man. I, I still, um, basically anytime, not lately cause I haven't left the house lately, but before that, anytime I wear my cauldron and tower shirt out somewhere, like it's guaranteed to get a comment, like even from people who don't own D and D they're like, dude, that's cool. What is that? Is that a band? I'm like, no, no, it's uh it's nerdier than a band. Let me, <laughs> let me, uh -huh. let me tell you. So anything else, uh, anything else on the horizon? I mean, obviously you've got the, the semester wrapping up soon. Um, anything else? Oh, uh, not soon. Oh, oh no, no. We got about our six weeks, six weeks. What, what is this? Like this is early the second week of April. It's a, it's a 16 week semester. Oh wow. So I think our last actual class session is May 6th. Wow. Okay. So we got, we got five more weeks and then I have finals week. Yeah. So yeah, I got about our six weeks of it and then I get a little bit of time off and go to summer session, which we've decided to do online. Yeah. Um, and that'll be nice. I like summer session a lot, but, um, yeah, uh, other stuff I'm working on is my home game's been really good. Uh, we have, we, we've now gone to a hybrid game. So of my eight players, uh, well over two thirds of them are online. And then I have my, my nephew who plays with, he comes over to play. Um, and then, uh, one of my buddies, it's a health worker comes over and plays. Um, he doesn't do like frontline stuff. He, he, he works in like a isolated sure. lab. So, yeah. but he, um, so we we've been doing kind of that and that's been pretty good we we have a nice little setup we use zoom and i still do my miniatures like that's been the big thing yeah. is we're not um i'm not going over to like a virtual tabletop um i use a uh, zoom and a DD beyond and then a really cool site called improved initiative okay um which is like an amazing initiative tracker it's, it looks a little intimidating from the dm's point of view but from the player's view it's super smooth um and i've really liked it uh can't it's free and they have they, the guys a patreon you can go and pay a little bit of money and you get the better version of it but it's nice um and we've done two games like that now so far and they've they've both been uh pretty successful you know yeah 
Uh, we have a dual we have a dual camera setup. So there's a camera on me, and then I have a camera on the board. Right. Um, and uh, one one mic, and it, it, it works great. So That's cool, we can just shock the players with miniature still. Um, let's see what else is going on. Oh man, it's just it's just this whole. Um, I, I've been I've been really happy with all the support from the community in terms of trying to help those of us that have to kind of go play online, yeah. and that that's been a big a big big element. Um, and I just kind of reaching out, re- checking on people, reaching out to them, um, seeing what they're up to. That that's kind of I was like, hey man, what are you up to? You, you podcasting this podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, we've, we've all got time I, right now. We all got time, and I, you know, I wasn't sure if, um, but I've, I've seen some people are, are doing better than others, and, and, sure. it, and it's some people are doing worse. And it's kind of rough to watch some some folks. Um, I've had my own rough thing. My my big my big caveat was uh, the junior college I'm a librarian at basically laid everyone off that wasn't teaching a class. Gotcha. And so yeah, so I lost a lot of income, well, not a lot of income, but I lost income off that, and that kind of uh, that kind of hurt. That sure, kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, but you know that's the game. But that's but it, it was it was okay because the the UC really came through for us. You know they were one was like all right you don't have a job. The other was like hey do you want, do you need gear to do your job? <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. Like what what can what, we do? What on Amazon yeah. would you like? <laughs> Not bad. So it's it's I like I like the but so, so the support's been good. And I've been like you know I've been I've been kind of uh, doing some more Patreons and some more. Uh, uh small creators I'm, I'm still ordering my miniatures from like uh mom pa stores around the country around the country yeah. um and um that's been how i keep myself sane i buy about 20 to 30 dollars worth of miniatures a week and just paint them yeah just paint therapeutic and, really. yeah oh uh, you know it's nice i gotta i gotta isolate and I, I really can't tell people enough about how how great it is it's not that hard i'm not that great at it honestly like I, i'm okay but um i'm just fast that's my thing i'm fast um, one of the other guys that won a shirt, uh, he goes by Zombie Knight on Instagram. He he paints and he's a really 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 good painter, but he is methodical. Yeah, he he spends months on like a miniature and it and they look amazing. But I'm more of like a guy who's like I need stuff table ready. Like my player's gonna fight like 15 ghosts. I got paint 15, 15 ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you don't have 15 months to to get those ghosts ready. Yeah, knock them out, man. That's cool, dude. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've got, you know, I mean, I'm glad Mercer's kind of got your back and covering you there and, and I'm glad you've got stuff going on. Yeah. Um, we'll stick around. We'll, we'll wrap up in a second, but, um, as you guys know, Patreon backers, make sure you stick around because we will do our zone of truth segment with John. We'll chat about music. We'll chat about mini painting. It's uh, a dangerous, dangerous place to put me in the zone of truth. Man. Yeah. It's going to be, um, Name for for disclaimer purposes. Name is for branding only. Has no impact on the truth that will or will not be told. But but maybe who knows? We'll find out. That's all I got, man. Yeah. That's all I that's all I got these days. Spit, the truth. Spitting truth. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're very lucky because that segment is sponsored and brought to you by Smugglers Coffee. They're my third and one of my favorite sponsors. I just today opened up a uh, a mail package from them that had three more bags of coffee. Um, it's got their their two bags of their new stuff they just came out with, which is the. Uh, flavored it's the advanced science and sorcery lines we're talking butter toffee flavored coffee and cinnamon roll and i am super pumped about that um i actually just got a message on instagram from one of my followers who was like hey you talk about smugglers all the time uh do but i don't have a coffee grinder what do i do well when you order at store.smugglerscoffee.com put in the order notes that you want that coffee ground up they'll grind it for you dave uh dave has your back all the way through they roast all their own coffee it's all small um, batch origin you know good beans Good stuff if you're a coffee drinker. 
definitely check them out. And they support the Zone of Truth segment. So we appreciate having them on the show. Can I talk about Smuggler's Coffee real quick? Dude, go for it. Everybody should talk about okay, Smuggler's so Coffee. Okay, so Dave's cool as hell. Um, we did we did have a brief disagreement recently because he was talking about how great of a song Iron Maiden's Can't Put Madness is, and I hate that song. <laughs> and But we agreed to disagree, and that's okay. Um, but uh, we actually served up his stuff at my birthday game. And oh, I nice. will say, yes, uh, I, did, I did three batches of cold brew with his stuff, and uh, I have... One of my fondest memories of Satine was years back when we were doing one of the events. She, we, so we brought some street vendor to do food, and she, was, her, her mind was blown by these hot dogs, something like that. And her eyes got really big, and her eyes got really big off Dave's coffee. And it was, um, she was like, she was like, they drank a lot of my coffee that, that I made that day. <laughs> and um, I will say this: she smokes coffee is excellent with German chocolate cake. Dude, I, I believe it. Cold brew, cold brew is like my go-to for that, especially uh, their barrel aged stuff. Just like uh, I'll do cold brew. Um, some if you throw in a little a little Bailey's if you're feeling in the mood. I put some Jameson in some the other day. I'm, I'm just saying it's a versatile coffee. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, they're my coffee. They're your coffee. They're the people's coffee. Um, so so and and they were the third guest on the show. So um, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool been dude. around for a while. So very appreciative of them. So we we really appreciate them supporting the show and uh, supporting the people who play D and D because they keep them keep them powered up. So, dude, thanks again, man. I'm, I'm, we'll talk for a few yeah. more minutes, but uh, I appreciate you, you know, hit me back up. I'm glad we could catch up. We'll do it again. We'll just make this like an every six months thing. It'll just be on the six month yeah. anniversary. We'll check in and we'll, uh, we'll catch up. Yeah, man. no problem. Like you said at the top of the show, people can follow you. You're at Only Play Wizards on social medias. Anything else you want to uh, direct people towards? Uh, OnlyPlayWizards.com also. And you can find me on uh, my Twitch stream on Mondays at 1.30 for the duration of the semester at twitch.tv slash OnlyPlayWizards. Yeah, you can check my own stuff on Cauldron and Tower. If you Google Cauldron and Tower, we are the top result. The other results are the Cauldron that they had upon a tower at the Olympics in Atlanta years back. So <laughs> you're in rarefied company there. Oh yeah. You can't, you, you can't mix them up, man. Like if you're getting them mixed up, right. I can't help you. Like, you know, that that's, that's beyond my capability. So, well, that's awesome. Well, Hey man, thanks again for being on the show. And, uh, for all of you people listening, I appreciate you guys listening each and every week as, uh, we bring you these cool conversations and discussions with some of my favorite people in the D and D world. Make sure you check out John on his social media. Like you mentioned, we'll put links in the show notes. So you can check them out. Um, pay attention to what we have coming up. Follow us on Twitter at roll persuasion on Twitter at roll persuasion on Instagram confession. I don't do much on Instagram because it would just be a picture of my microphone over and over again, but make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, cause I'm always chatting up there and giving you guys some sneak peeks into what's coming up. If you want to support the show, you can go to roll for persuasion.patreon.com. You get access to the special zone of truth segment, which is coming up very soon. You get early peeks at guests who are coming on, uh, depending on my editing, you get the episodes early occasionally and you uh, can submit questions for guests on future episodes. So definitely appreciate the support helps the show go patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. But until next time, guys, I'm Andrew. This has been Roll for Persuasion and enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.